reading is from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 to 23. If you want to find it in your Bible, it's on page 1183. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet, and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Modern technology is a wonderful thing, and uh, it's so wonderful that a, a fairly vital email didn't get to me. Uh, and uh, I, I got a text this morning saying, you d- I noticed that the email didn't arrive. Uh, you do know you've only got eight minutes this morning. So I need to put my watch on here. I warn you that without my glasses on, I can't read it. Actually, it's a watch at the clock up there. Maybe I can work on that uh, and try and do things. So I've kind of had to curtail and, uh, what I was going to do and what I was going to say. So uh, let's pray, shall we? <laughs> Father, will you guide my thoughts? Will you guide my heart? Will you guide my mind and will you guide us all as we seek to respond to your word? In Jesus' name, amen. I kind of loved that video this morning. It kind of went through there and I saw this little red-headed girl walking through all these things piling in on her. I kind of felt really sorry for her. And, uh, you know, so much in our lives, uh, we are compressed and forced by things that are coming uh, to us and at us from around the world. And uh, I guess we all can think of examples of how the world has shaped people and particularly shaped the way we think about ourselves. Maybe young people that we know who are struggling with their identity as they grow up because the world has so many conflicting messages for them. It may be that the world as we've got older is, is, is saying to us somehow that we have no value and that uh, we're now kind of on the scrap heap uh, because of things that are are happening or we can no longer do the things that we used to do. And one of the things about worship, and bear in mind that when Paul is uh, talking about worship and he's writing to the Ephesians, he's not just writing to individuals. We often hear it as if he was writing to individuals. We hear it as if we alone are responsible for our own walk with Christ. And uh, like that little girl, I thought one of the things in that thing, she's walking through, she's on her own. Did you notice that? She's kind of on her own. But when we come together to worship, we are reminded that we are not alone. And that can strengthen us 
to face the challenges that we face in our everyday lives as we seek to live for God. And there are two things that I just wanted to pick up in my remaining six minutes. One is that worship can change our internal landscape. And I haven't got time to go through them all, but if you look and read carefully the first few verses of Ephesians chapter 1, for that bit, you know, like Ken did that helpful thing, didn't he? He said, for this reason, and you have to look back and see the verses beforehand. And our reading started, for this reason, I'm Paul, I'm praying for you. Why? Because of what he said before. And all of those things are right into the Ephesians, and there are lots of words that appear in that, which are, since God has chosen you, since he has predestined you, which is just a fancy way of saying he chose you a long time ago, before you even knew about it, and that he's got a purpose for you, since he's made you his children, since he's given you a, a, a role to play in his ministry, since he's redeemed you, since he's made you holy and free from blemish, all of these things... For this reason, therefore I'm praying for you and giving thanks for what God is going to do. And, you know, so often when we uh, think about ourselves and our identity, we hear what the word is saying, the world is saying. And you don't need me to tell you what the world is saying to you. But we do know that there's this huge epidemic amongst our young people of self-harming. And at root, I suspect that's because we don't, they don't feel worthy they feel that there is something wrong with them that they deserve to experience the pain. Or else things are so difficult in life that they cannot cope with it, the pressures that are around, and it's a self-defense mechanism. Who we feel we are and where we find our identity is really important. Because if we get the wrong sense of our identity, it can lead us into two different, well, many different errors, but two particular ones. One, like those that we talked about who feel self-worth less and useless and never able to reach the standard. Or the other side, uh, which is, was exemplified um, earlier this, well, in our politics at the moment, by people who think that because they are politicians and they're powerful, they can say whatever they want and do whatever they want and they are right and above contradiction because they are worthy and, and the most important people there. And you see, when we come together when we, in worship, rehearse the truths of the Bible about who we are in Christ and who we are together, then we are creating, by that repetition together in this place, through our songs which echo the truths of Scripture, through the Bible passages that we read, through the prayers that we hear, through our conversations with each other, we write those truths on our heart over and over again. And so when we go out into the world, when we hear the world telling us you're useless and rubbish and whatever, we hear the words of the scripture saying, you're chosen, you're loved, you're adopted, you're my child. You are worthy. And so we can resist that, but when we get to that point, and it's happened in the church, I'm terribly, I, you know, I've met some archbishops sometimes, they're terribly important, but there are some archbishops that you meet who you just think, wow, this is such a humble man. But there are others who want you to know that they are archbishops. And there's that sense of, of being true. But when we understand those truths and we look behind them and we remind ourselves each time, yes, I'm loved, yes, I'm chosen, yes, I'm all those things and I'm given. It is a gift. It is a gift from God that is not reliant upon anything that we do. Jonathan will tell you he knows what I'm like. Anita will tell you they know what I'm like. I do not deserve to be loved. And yet every day I'm so grateful that they bear with me for my failures and my brokenness. Because 
All that we have in Christ is not because we have done anything, but simply because God loves us. And therefore, we can look around at other people and we can love them. And we can see them in that way. Because when we have those truths written in our hearts, it sets us free from those two temptations. There are lots of other things it does too, but that's two for you to take away together. Four minutes to go. I'm stretching time a little bit. The other side of it is not just our internal, but our external world. In, as we read through this passage, you look at it, it says that Jesus is the Lord of all creation. And as I read it, it struck me that there is something here about how our salvation is not just about us as individuals, but it is about the whole world. And I started thinking about that, and, and, put, and bless you, Mr. Crotty there, you quoted from Romans 8, and I'm going to quote from that a little bit further on, Romans 8, 20 following. The whole creation is groaning in pains of childbirth, longing for the time when the sons and daughters, the children of God, will be revealed. And you know, there has never been a time when we are more conscious of how our creation is groaning in pains of childbirth. Uh, In a few days' time, out of the Bristol studios, David Attenborough's Blue Planet 2 is going to be shown. I think we should all watch it. But you know, one of the things that is really striking me so much is how our world is being destroyed. The very things that give us life are being destroyed by our greed and by our complicitness in the world that is going on. And the Bible says that the creation is groaning and longing for those who know Jesus to begin to recognize that we do have this responsibility for the creation that God has has given to us. That God's kingdom is not just about me. It's not about me feeling better. It's not even just about me feeling forgiven and set free. All those things are wonderful and they're true. But that's just the beginning point. That's the spiritual milk that Paul talks about. The adulthood is when we grow up in this truth of who we are and we stand tall and we act as children of God. And we take responsibility for our lives and we take the responsibility to do the things that God has called us to. And we stop looking at ourselves and our own needs and everything else. We don't need to worry about that anymore because God's done it all. God's forgiven us and loved us. I don't care what happens to me. Well, I do actually because I'm kind of still flawed and so on. But we don't need to. And we can start looking at things beyond ourselves. Dante says, give, uh, if, you, if you seek first God's kingdom, you will gain your earthly bliss as if it were thrown in. It's not something we seek. We seek to do God's kingdom. And God's kingdom involves the whole world. And you know, on my own, I can't make a difference. But if every Christian stood up and said, actually, we are not going to let just a few uh, strange people care about God's creation. We, all of us, are going to say that this world matters because if the world dies, just think of the countless millions of people who will suffer, not least the world. And you know the thing that is killing it most and will come in that is plastics and fossil fuels. Jeff Payne has got a thing there at the back about fracking. Go and read it afterwards. Talk to him about it just before you go over to the church, over to the school, if you're going over there. Go and see Jeff first. What about plastics? You know, I was just reading about the tons and tons of single-use plastic that are going. Somebody wrote an article saying their heart broke because when they went to the supermarket, they were not allowed to have slices of a ham without a piece of plastic in between them. What is that about? 
but they said it was policy and she said I can't take it then how many of us how much more influence if all of us said we will not eat ham if it has a piece of plastic that doesn't need to be there through it as Christians we can be part of that movement that that internal truth of being part of God's kingdom can change the way we live now that's one area as you can tell it kind of is there and, and we need to revisit the use of plastic in our home we did quite well during Lent but we kind of slipped a bit and when I was unpacking these lovely bits of salmon and all these bits of extra plastic one two three six bits of plastic for four pieces of fish I'm kind of thinking we need to change uh, and do something about this sorry Elita because I know you do most of the shopping and it's not fair but that's something else that we have to do see but if we all do it in worship we can be reminded of these truths the importance of them and we can be reminded that I don't know how you felt when you came to church this morning did you come here because you were going to say a prayer that's a good thing to do we're doing prayers did you come here to listen to the Bible that's great did you come here to see friends and, and that's also wonderful or did you come here to build God's kingdom to be equipped to live and be kingdom builders to recognize that you're not just about saying a prayer you're not just about being your own redemption although that's a wonderful bonus but you're called to be part of this community that is transforming our lives and it's fantastic what this community is doing cap uh, people going to night shelter and the wider church that we're part of is offering winter accommodation for uh, homeless people for three months uh, during the coldest months of the year there are Christians who are involved in every area I'm part of a movement at the moment that's trying to draw together 600 people next year to think about uh, how we um, care for God's creation as Christians and how we network with people we're part of a movement and we come here to be equipped to be encouraged to be strengthened for that and we learn together not just on our own yeah we all have to take responsibility a little bit for our own faith journey but for me if I'd had to do it on my own I would be nowhere because I'm not very good at every day having a quiet time don't tell anybody that because I'm a vicar <laughs> but when I talk with people and when I share with my colleagues and others and pray with them that's when I learn and things go into my brain I can read a book a thousand times and not remember it but if I talk with somebody I start to remember it we are called together to worship not so that we can feel better but that we can be better able to build God's kingdom and transform our world 12 minutes let's pray <laughs> father sometimes you meet us in very short spaces of time and Lord if there is any value in what I said today I pray that you will uh, speak to our hearts and that you will plant a seed within us that might grow and bear much fruit thank you Lord for your word that teaches us incredible truths about who we are before you that offers as it's written on our hearts to set us free from so many of the tensions and hurts and pains of our world but also Lord you call us to play a part in transforming that world in the way we live in our workplaces with the people that we meet and in the actions that we do that we might bear witness to your name and see others discovering your life as they walk with us in Jesus name Amen, Amen.